Life can be overwhelming. It feels like we have a million things to do and there's never enough time to do it all. But is that really true? Today, we're going to share why multitasking is a myth and the real way we get more done in less time. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. When we were teaching elementary school, we used to dream of what it would be like to be full-time as photographers, to be completely in charge of our own schedule and be completely self-employed, working from home together every single day. And then we finally got to do that and realized it was a lot harder than we were imagining. Um, When we were building our business while we had full-time jobs, our hours were so limited because we were working on nights and weekends, the hours that we weren't in the classroom. And then all of a sudden, this whole world opened up to us. And it was the first time that we were really managing every hour of our day. Because when we were um, employed by the school, a lot of our daily schedule was really set for us. And so when we started working from our little condo together. Um, It was a little bit overwhelming and daunting to be the ones in charge of what we were going to do every day and how our days were going to run. We never were able to like go out to lunch when we were teaching elementary school. There wasn't time in the day. Um, We weren't able to like check our emails or our text messages because we had 25 little humans in the room. Occasionally, we would get to go on a field trip with our kids. And so we would (laughs) load up on the school bus with them. And since Amy and I taught in next door classrooms, Amy was fourth grade and I was fifth grade, we would load up on the bus with the kids and we would drive down the freeway and just see all the people who were allowed to be out in the world Monday (laughs) through Friday. They were like magical unicorns. I was like, what are you doing at Chick-fil-A? It's 12 o'clock on a Tuesday. What do all these people do? Um, It really was like an alternate universe. And then we stepped into that alternate universe and had to figure out how to manage our days. And I remember specifically this one night, I was sitting on our old black leather couch in our condo and my eyes were burning. I had been working all day, all night. And this was probably 11 o'clock at night, midnight, maybe later. Yeah, really burning the midnight oil, as they say. And I was just exhausted and discouraged and was thinking like, did I get anything done today? I feel so tired. I feel like I've been working from the moment I woke up and I don't feel like I have anything to show for it. Like, what have I actually, what have I gotten done today? What What's wrong with me? Why aren't I getting more done faster? Um, I don't know if maybe some of you have felt the same way. Almost like it seems like everyone else is getting things done faster and works more efficiently and better than I do. Yeah, and I what's say, wrong with me? I would say that's probably even to this day, one of our biggest insecurities is mm-hmm. that we always look at our, at each other and we look out into the world of social media and we say to ourselves, why can't we do it as well as them? Mm-hmm. Why can't we do it as fast as them? What What's wrong with why us? Why are we so slow at this is how it always feels. Um, and so when we were in that position of managing our time for the first time, we realized that even though we all have 24 hours in a day, some people seem to get so much more done. And I think this is a a feeling that a lot of creative entrepreneurs feel who work from home like we do. Um, But I think this is also a feeling for a lot of people who don't work from home. Um, We all seem to have that feeling of like, gosh, I just wish I could get more done faster in my workday. And I think because we all feel that way, like we wish we had more time and could get things done faster, our first gut instinct is to try to quote unquote multitask because it makes us feel more efficient. It makes us feel like we are getting more done in the same amount of time. And so we're always trying to attempt to multitask. And I know, especially me as a woman, it's like, I, th- I feel like women were kind of like known for being the ultimate multitaskers. Like, oh yeah, we can do all these things at well, once. They, they kind of explain if you ever go to like like a marriage conference or a marriage seminar, they always give the example that a, that a man's brain is like like drawers where men can compartmentalize, right? And like open one drawer at a time, close one drawer at a time that we can focus. We're, we're much better when we focus on one task at a time. And when they describe women's brains, that women's brains are more like spaghetti, right? And that the noodles are all crisscrossing and that women are constantly thinking about multiple things at a time, trying to do multiple things at a time. Um, I think I took a lot of pride in being like, I am a great multitasker. Like I can do all these things at once. And when that when that came to managing our, our work, time and our business, that meant that I was constantly um, 
being pulled in different directions throughout my workday. So I might be like editing photos. And at the same time, I would hear ding an email. I'd be like, Oh, it might be a client. And then I'd go check my email. And then while I was checking that email, I would see my phone light up and there would be a new comment on Instagram or a new Facebook message or whatever. And then pretty soon I'd be clicking that. And pretty soon I'd be lost in this rabbit hole of things that all felt important, but um, had really distracted me from my main goal, which maybe at that point was editing. Yeah. And there, I guess there are things in life too that like, you know, you go along in life and you kind of hear these colloquialisms and these kind of sayings and expressions, and you just kind of assume they're true because people say them so often. And I think for us, multitasking was one of those things. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody in your life, or maybe you've caught yourself saying, I'm a great multitasker. <laughs> I know we used to say it a lot. We used to say all the time, oh, we're great multitaskers. But I think one of the things that we've realized as we've gotten older is that we want to be people who are wisdom seekers and wisdom implementers. And so when we're confronted with facts or evidence that tell us, hey, the thing that you thought was true actually isn't true, sometimes the heart, it's easy to see flaws in other people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really hard when you're confronted with those facts and when you're confronted with, the, with that evidence to take a really good look in the mirror. Because typically what we do is we look in the mirror and go, nah, that's everybody else. <laughs> that's, that's not me, not, right? <laughs> that's not you. That's everybody else. But in reality, we looked at it and we were like, oh my gosh, we are not, we are multitasking all the time. And the worst part is that we're passing it off like we're being more effective. But when we actually looked at the numbers, the proof was in the pudding. We were spending entire workdays from the from when we got up all day until we went when we went to bed, working, 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 and we didn't have nearly as much to show for it compared to the amount of time that we were putting in. And it was around that time that we saw, I think it was in a, a newspaper article, maybe it was in a magazine, I can't remember, but the statistic that said that the average American spends about eight hours per day at work, but they only actually get two to four hours of real work done. So like, let me say that again. The average American spends eight hours at work, but only actually gets two to four hours of real work done. I can remember my dad is in it. He's, he's about 60 years old now. And um, he's in a position where he is hiring lots of people. And I remember he kind of said to me one time, kind of like as old grumpy men maybe do. He's not a grumpy man, but <laughs> he's, uh, a great he's a great man. <laughs> and he's very joyful. But he kind of like kind of like put his head down and shook his head and he just said, kids these days, they just don't know how to work. <laughs> and at first I was like, okay, grumpy old man, like, you know, we know how to work, you know, but the reality was he goes, no, he goes, really? He goes back in my day when we used to show up at work, there was nothing to do but work. So we worked. Mm -hmm. And nowadays he was like, you guys have so many distractions and there's so much on there on your mind from social media, your phones, text messages. There's just so much going on that you don't know how to work an actual eight hour workday. And when we were confronted with that, we had to take a good hard look at our own life. And we realized, oh my gosh, aim. We think that we're working 16 hour workdays, but what if in our 16 hour day, we're only accomplishing two or four or six or eight hours of work. We're wasting those other eight hours or more. And we on knew, accident, on not, accident, without even reali realizing it. And it was at that point that we knew that something had to change. And so if you're listening right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm as guilty as they were, <laughs> we totally feel you. Um, and we really think there are three reasons why people uh, multitask. We know there was definitely one reason we multitask, but we think there are three reasons that most people multitask. And I think one of the reasons, and we'll call this point A, <laughs> is that most people think that they're more effective. So most people think that when they multitask, they get more done faster. That was definitely true for us. We thought that this is how we're going to be as effective as possible, is trying to pick up as many parts of our business all at once as we can. Um, and that's going to make sure that we get uh, that we get that feeling of satisfaction satisfaction and success at the end of the day. Yeah. But the reality is that when you think about, I love this analogy of this idea of an airplane, that when does an airplane have to work hardest? An airplane works hardest at takeoff, right? It takes all of that gas and the engines and so much work for the airplane to climb from zero to, you know, 30,000 feet. And then once the plane is cruising, it's not working nearly as hard, but it travels the farthest distance. And then landing the plane is easier and takes less energy from the plane than taking off. 
And what we realized is that we weren't acting the way that planes act. Like, have you ever wondered why like certain planes, they just don't go like you can't just catch like a 14 minute flight somewhere, probably because they're thinking we can't make money off of people flying 14 minutes because by the time we get up all the gas it's going to take us to get to a cruising altitude and descend, they're not even going to make money based on their ticket sales. Right. And so we realize if we want to be like an airplane where we're going to spend all this time taking off and then we're going to get all this work done at our cruising altitude, then we can't constantly be taking off and landing and taking off and landing and taking off and landing. And every time that we started to work on some job or some task, and this doesn't even have to be work related in terms of your profession. This could also be work around your home, right? This could be home economy type work. This could also be work for somebody else, not even work that you do for yourself. But we realize every time that we would take off and land, And the landing would be like our phone would ding. The landing would be our email would go off or our screen would light up. And every time that we got distracted from what we were supposed to be doing, it was costing us precious time. There was a study that came out around the same time. It might have even been in the same article that said that for every time a ding goes off, your phone dings, your email dings, your phone lights up. Every time that you look from your computer screen and you look away somewhere else, for some other reason, it costs you about one minute of productivity. And so that was something that we had to confront and be like, oh my goodness, we're the airplane that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. If we're going to spend all this time getting ourselves into a groove to complete a task, we need to stay in that groove and we need to complete that task. And so one of the things we had to do right away was train ourselves to eliminate distractions in our home and in our work environment. And for us, that was really hard to do for a lot of different reasons. It wasn't something that we could do overnight. And I think part of it is because of the second reason why a lot of us multitask or check our phones or check our emails is because we feel either lonely or we feel bored. Um, and when you know you're in a task that you've been doing for a long for a long time, um, sometimes you just feel like you want a little mental escape or a little break. And so So this was a really hard change for us to make because, you know, when we were teaching elementary school, we had coworkers, we had students, we had um, parents to talk to. There were so many people out there to talk to, right? It was a very social job. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in our condo alone, isolated. And the benefit for us is we had each other. But the reality for a lot of us as entrepreneurs... even, Even though we had each other... We still felt a little bit lonely because we adopted two kittens the first summer that we went (laughs) full time. We became crazy cat people. Um, And I think it was because we were trying to fill that void. It was like we were replacing our coworkers with kittens. Um, And, you know, every time our phone would light up, it would kind of feel like, ooh, there's like someone to talk to or there's something interesting. And, you know, when you're doing one task for a long time, it's not always the most fun. And so that's why the things that we put in place were actually quite uh, hard for us to do, even though they're very simple actions to take. It was hard for us to have the discipline to turn these things off because we liked them. Um, and in fact, our phones and our computers are designed for our brains to want to keep engaging with our devices, right? Their goal is to keep us on our devices as long as we possibly can. So we have to take active steps to stop that. So here are some of the things that we did in order to keep ourselves focused during the workday. So one of the things that we would do uh, and do to this day is we turned off our push notification. So a push notification comes from basically every app on your phone um, and lights up to let you know about something. So it could be like news articles. It could be um, a comment on Instagram or a DM or somebody's going on Instagram Live or a Facebook message or an email or there's, I mean, there basically every app is full of push notifications. And anytime you install a new app on your phone, the first thing it does is ask for your permission to push notifications to your screen. And so every single time we download an app to this day, we have to have the discipline when it says like such and such app would like to push notifications. We have to say don't allow or decline or no, heck no, (laughs) no push notifications. Um, And that's really helped with our focus because our screen isn't lighting up all the time anytime there's social media activity. And instead, we can go in 
on our time and check all of those things at once. Um, so that was another thing that we decided like, okay, we're not going to check social media every time something dings or lights up. We're going to eliminate the ding and light up. And then we're going to check social media during designated parts of the day so that it doesn't suck us in. Because you know how... I mean, we are all guilty of this. I know that I am all the time. I'm opening up Instagram to do one specific work task. And pretty soon, I find myself mindlessly scrolling and I've lost 20 minutes um, without even really thinking about it. The other thing is we made sure to to turn off email notifications. So Mm -hmm. our computers don't ding throughout the day. Our email on our computer and on our phone, no push notifications come through. We keep those things shut down. And even like, you know, those banner notifications, sometimes they can come up the top or the corner. They found lots of sneaky ways to get our attention. So even those email notifications through banners, um, even the little like, you know, those little red numbers on your, uh, you can turn those off, those red numbers on your apps that show you how many unread emails you have. You can actually tell it, please don't show me that. Those used to give me so much anxiety. Yeah, right. So much anxiety. Like you have 47 unread emails and 43 (laughs) of them were just coupons. And especially for those who work at home, this was a really important one is making sure that the TV isn't on at any time, which um, again, when you're working from home can feel kind of lonely. And a lot of people just turn on TV for background noise, but we realized that was a distraction. So we turn our TVs off. And one of the main reasons that we're such strong advocates of like turning off the TV, not taking phone calls, unless it's like a pre-scheduled business call, is that when we go back to that example of the airplane taking off, getting to that cruising altitude and landing. If you think about email for a second, have you ever been in a situation where you're doing email and you're writing an email and all of a sudden you look up 45 minutes later and you're still writing the same email (laughs) because you looked up at that TV, you went to the bathroom, you grabbed something to eat, you know, you like texted somebody, they texted you back, you, you know, you were on Instagram and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I wrote one email in 45 minutes. What am I doing? Or I used to get those emails where it would be like, so-and-so tagged you in a photo and that would come into my email. And so I'd be like, oh, really? What photo? Click. And pretty soon I'm click, 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 clicking 30 minutes away without even thinking about it. Yeah, And this is stuff that we have struggled with throughout our career. And so if you're feeling right now like, man, I'm totally guilty, <laughs> like we totally feel you. Um, and we emphasize, empathize, empathize, <laughs> we empathize <laughs> with the- Was fe- that you like rewinding? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no cuts on life with Amy and George. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but when that we empathize with the feeling of, of being lonely and feeling isolated because that's a natural human feeling. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you weird. If anything, it makes you normal, right? Because we were designed and created for community. But what we want to do is make sure that we don't spend most of our day in online community instead of most of our day in our homes doing the real work that moves the business forward because there's a time and place for both. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. What's been so cool about this is we realized over time, the more we focus in on only doing work during work hours, it's given us a life back. We used to work around the clock and get less done than we get done now because we're focused and intentional, which means it frees up time to actually spend time in community with real human beings in the same room, going to dinner with friends, having a game night, uh, spending time with family. That That's the benefit that comes from being laser focused during the work days. And so let's take that example for a second. We said, remember, the average American goes to work for eight hours, but only works between two and four hours. So let's take that example. And what I want to do is I want to pose a question to you and I want to give you a hypothetical and then I want to ask you a question. So let's say, for example, that you could have an eight hour workday where for eight hours, you were multitasking. And so for eight hours, you were kind of like checking email, checking Instagram, checking, you know, heading over to like the news to see what's happening in the world, maybe making a phone call here and there. Um, Basically, 
letting yourself get distracted by all the things in your environment. Maybe taking a lunch break. Taking a lunch break, all of that stuff. And a lot of that you're doing for for somewhat good reason, right? Maybe you feel lonely, you feel isolated, and you want to connect. The TV's on in the background, that kind of thing. And let's say that you get in that eight-hour workday, let's say that you get those two, you get two hours of work done in those eight hours. Now let's take a look at a different workday where at the beginning of the workday, you said, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to have no distractions, and I'm going to bang out two hours of solid work without looking up for my computer. I have my tasks, I'm ready to go, and boom, you do it. Then you have six extra hours that day. So my question would, to you would be, would you rather have the workday where you work for eight hours, kind of distracted, and you're getting to do text and you're getting to do Instagram and you're getting to watch a little bit of TV, but it's all kind of happening at the same time? Or would you rather have a workday where you work really hard for two hours and then you decide what you want to do with those next six hours? So what, what I'm asking is, would you take those extra six hours and would you choose to scroll Instagram? Would you choose to watch another episode of Friends? Maybe you would. Um, would you choose to be texting back and forth to somebody? Or would you choose to take those six hours and go do something else with them? Go to lunch with a friend where you meet with somebody in person or something like that. And here's the thing is, even if that stat was half wrong and most people would get four hours of work done in an eight hour day, or you had four hours of work that you needed to do in an eight hour day, even if the stat is half wrong, you would still have four hours every day to determine what do I want to do with those four hours instead of just letting those hours kind of like sneak away from you during your eight hour period? What if you could take those four hours and decide for yourself intentionally, I want to take those four hours. And you know what? Yeah, I do want to watch one episode of Friends. I do want to go on Instagram for a half an hour. But now you're making decisions to do things intentionally. Maybe you want to put two more hours that you actually work on your business. But the bottom line is now you can take those hours, be intentional about those hours. And you're making the, the one making the choices instead of those things getting away from you. And I think one thing that came up for us later on in our uh, in navigating our business time management and how we were managing our work days um, is something that I think a lot of people come up against, which is multitasking out of necessity. And this was something that became true for us when we became parents. Guys, it's confession time. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think we like we had already known all the stats about multitasking and distractions, but when we had our firstborn son Beckett, we just fell head over heels in love with him, um, wanted to spend every second of the day with him, and realized pretty quickly that working and parenting at the same time was the probably the hardest, uh, most distracting kind of multitasking that there was. So um, I can remember really distinctly coming coming back, I'm putting this in quote, air quotations, coming back after maternity leave, because of course, maternity leave was in our house. Uh, coming back is in our house. We work from our house. Um, so everything happens in our house. But when it came time for me to start putting in regular business hours again, I thought, okay, you know what? Like, I just have this cute little baby. I'm just gonna, he, you know, he doesn't talk. He doesn't even walk. So I'm just gonna put him in this cute little bouncer on my desk. And I don't know if the bouncer was cute. <laughs> it's kind of like like neon right like neon like all colors of the rainbow no way you know right you know i got a neutral bouncer this was before the rainbows oh, took over oh our house. do you remember the neutral yeah bouncer? i remember yeah. the new i loved the neutral yeah, bouncer. May it rest and then that monstrosity came into our home yes and now our, our home is all rainbow colors rainbow everywhere colors. <laughs> it's taken over our house but in that neutral it was a cute little neutral bouncer that's where bex would just be but I was so distracted. I was going, my eyes were darting from my screen to him, my screen to him over and over and over. I was losing so much productivity. And every time he would like make a noise or want my attention. And again, this was before he could even talk or walk. Um, I realized over time, I was starting to feel resentful of him um, because I was trying to get work done. And that wasn't fair to him or to me. And it was really unhealthy um, for both work and him. I started to resent him. I started to resent my work thinking like, oh, I, this isn't even as important. I just want to spend all my time with him. And, and so I was feeling unsatisfied in both areas. And I just want to say, I think one of the one of the reasons that we kind of like in our mind believed that even though 
at the time that we had our son, we already knew everything we're talking about in this episode and, and the rest <laughs> of the, the tips that we're going to share in just a second. We already knew all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We were living it. We were implementing it. And I think one of the reasons that we kind of fell prey to the multitasking myth, and this is nobody's fault but our own, because I believe that, you know, we're individuals who make <laughs> adult choices and we, uh, you know, we, we can take what we see on social media and then, and then choose to do what we want to do with it. But I think that we saw a lot of moms, specifically working moms, showing like Instagrams and Insta stories and Facebook posts that kind of like were glorifying the multitasking myth. It would like, you know, it would, the, the screen would go from like the baby and the bouncer back to their computer screen. And it would say something like, you know, I'm a multitasking mom today or multitasking today. And in our opinion, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. It's an individual choice. And there's certainly nothing wrong with it every once in a while. But I think that seeing those images, we kind of uh, we're led to believe that, oh, maybe it is possible. Like, it seems like she's doing it and she's doing it and he's doing it and everyone's doing it and it's totally working for them, but it just didn't work for us. No. So we realized pretty quickly, okay, we're going to have to bring in regular childcare in order to dedicate hours to our business and, and continue our business running, <laughs> allow it to run. So... I realized once we started doing that, we were setting very specific hours when we would have childcare come. And it made me so much more efficient and effective at my job because we were finally paying someone. So time really became money, um, quite literally. So it was like, if I'm going to be paying someone to be spending time with my baby and I want to spend time with my baby, then the time that I'm away from my baby, I'm going to make sure that every minute counts. And it was probably probably the most focused I've ever been. Um, and now in this season of life as a parent, when we're working, we are working because as soon as our office hours are over, boom, we're spending time with our son. And it's made me a much better mom in that way too, because now I'm not resenting him from distracting me from my work. And instead, I'm so excited to see him at the end of our workday. I'm so excited to play. I can be so much more intentional looking in the eyes. I'm not picking up my phone. Um, I'm not being distracted and pulled and trying to, you know, answer emails while playing with him. And it's just made me a much better mom. It also is really good for clarifying your priorities. I think one of the things that when, when our son was born, people would ask us like, so how has life changed since your son was born? And I would say a few things. But one thing I would always say is our priorities were clarified almost immediately. And even though we want to be working parents and we want to continue to work and we want to continue to be able to spend time with Beckett, it was really clarifying for us when all of a sudden a babysitter would come over in the middle of the workday and we would be paying them to watch Beckett. So now it's like money is going out the out the door and I'm not getting to spend time with my son. So all of a sudden we looked at each other and went, oh my gosh, okay, we have three hours or four hours to get work done. What are the most important things that we need to get done in our business that are actually going to move the needle forward in a meaningful way? That doesn't always mean financial, but a lot of times it does. And it helped us really cut out a lot of the noise, the kind of figurative noise in the background and focus on things that really mattered. And I think before we had Beckett, that's one of the gifts among the many gifts that he has been to us. (laughs) One of the gifts that he has been to us is that clarification of those priorities. Because before we had him, I think we would spend a lot more of our day doing things that made us feel like we were working or they made us feel good, but they weren't necessarily things that move the business forward. And ultimately, our goal is to spend as much time as a family as possible, which means we have to be as efficient as we possibly can with our time. So what we want to do now is shift gears. So now we hopefully we've convinced you that multitasking (laughs) is a myth, but we have good news. There is a right way to multitask. There's a way that you can multitask that makes you effective and efficient um, and works with everything that we've been talking about so far. And so when you think about the idea of multitasking, it's like we think that we're accomplishing two things at one time, but really we're accomplishing neither of them very well. And so multitasking is when you do two things that both require your brain power. So you're doing two things that both require 
your brain power. And we know that doesn't work, right? Because you get distracted from one thing to the next. So what does work? Well, a number of years ago, we read a game changing book. Guys, this is one of our favorite books that we've ever read. Yeah, um, I would say like top 10 all time. Maybe top five. Like we, like had top- we I think I've recommended it to, I, I don't even know how many friends I've recommended this book to. Yeah, it's like if we had a portrait of Dave Ramsey hanging somewhere in our home, <laughs> we probably should get a portrait of Laura Vanderkam, <laughs> the author of 168 Hours. I said 168 Hours. Oh. And as I said that, I was so mad at myself. Yeah, Mr. Demos would not approve. Mr. Demos would have marked that because it's technically 168 hours. So there's a book called 168 hours or 168 hours by Laura Vanderkam. And it's a fantastic book where she basically breaks down the, 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 the myths surrounding time in our culture today. And what she basically argues in the book is, Hey, we all have the exact same amount of time in the week. Everybody gets 168 hours. People might have um, like different amounts of money. They might have different amounts of other things, but we all have the same amount of time. So why is it that some people seem to get way more done and they feel more fulfilled and they're making a bigger impact than me? And that was a lot of self-doubt that we struggled with early in our business was we looked at other people and thought, why are they able to get so much more done than us in a way that seems like it's making a bigger impact than us? And we wanted to know how do we basically bottle that, right? So that we could we could do it. And so what we realized is that probably our biggest takeaway, if we had to say the one big takeaway from her book that we want to talk about right now. Which there were so many. So, so many. You should really buy, just read it. Buy the book. It is amazing. <laughs> this is not sponsored or anything. She doesn't even know we exist, but we just really love this book. <laughs> um, but our big takeaway from her book was we don't want to be people who multitask because we know that's ineffective and it doesn't work. Instead, we want to be people who are in alignment. Laura Vanderkam calls a lot, says alignment. And what alignment basically is, is alignment is when you can do two things at the same time, but you can do them equally as well because one thing requires your brain power and the other thing you do with your subconscious or you do with your physical body. And, and then so, it doesn't require much mental engagement and it just uses a completely different part of the brain. So you're not really going from one to the other. You're actually doing both efficiently at the same time. So an example of, 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 a, of multitasking and why it doesn't work would be you're writing an email that's an important email while you're having a conversation with somebody else. Both of those things to do them well require your full mental attention. And the same part of the brain. And the exact same part of the brain. But with alignment in Laura Vander, one of Laura Vanderkam's examples, this would be like listening to a podcast while driving. You might actually be listening to this podcast while you're driving. If so, you're in alignment right now. Or maybe you're at the gym um, and you're listening to this at the gym. You're in alignment right now. Yeah, so why are you in alignment when you're listening to a podcast and you're driving? Well, you probably already figured it out. You can listen and that requires kind of a, the brain, the, the mental brain power to listen. But you can drive subconsciously like most of us on don't autopilot. really it's autopilot. We don't think about it. Same thing if you're like at the gym and you're on the treadmill, you might be walking on the treadmill and listening to a podcast and you're 100 percent absorbing the content in the podcast or on something that you're watching because you're not thinking right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, uh, <laughs> that our brains um, can automatic kind of like go into automatic mode in a lot of different areas of our life because it's such a habit. It's it's already like in integrated into our brains. So we're not thinking about it, which allows our brains to think about something else. And as you're listening, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in alignment right now. <laughs> if so, yay, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. <laughs> but um, you also might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not in alignment right now. Or you might be thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm rarely ever in alignment. Yes. Or you might be thinking, I'm sometimes multitasking. But I'm also sometimes in alignment, and so that's our, okay. Our hope is that you'll only listen to this podcast in alignment for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I remember there was a season after we read this book where we were like really on fire with the idea of alignment. And Jordan, it, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. He, um, anytime uh, one of his like guy friends or family members wanted to hang out with him, um, he would only do it if they would go on a hike with him. So he'd be like, yeah, I'd love to. Let's go hiking. Um, and we, li it, we live about a mile. This is for, yeah. for content. We live about a mile from a really cool, we live in, in Arizona in the desert. And so we live about a mile from a really cool preserve where there are these really awesome hiking trails. Um, but also, if you listen to the episode where we talk about protecting your calendar, we also in that episode talk about our priorities. And 
there are a handful of guys in my life that I want to make sure I'm connecting with on a regular basis. And so as Amy's talking about these hikes that I used to go on, a lot of it was born out of this idea that I wanted to spend intentional time with these with a handful of guys and give one-on-one time and attention to that relationship. So you can continue. Yeah. So it was almost like a, yeah, like I'd love to hang out, but also I need to get a workout in. So let, let's meet at the trailhead and they would hike together. And it was really cool because he'd come back. He would be like, got his physical activity in for the day and also like a really impactful relational connection. And so that's living in alignment is basically getting to do two things that are both meaningful, both effective and where you can do both 100%. Um, So for me, that might look like one of my favorite things to do is pop in my headphones um, and listen to podcasts or uh, sermons, educational things that really like pour into my my soul, my mind um, and do things like uh, putting the laundry away or folding the laundry or um, if I'm getting ready for date night, for example, and I'm like curling my hair, I don't need to think about curling my hair. I can just do it and then give my full attention to something educational. And that allows me to be in alignment in times when I would otherwise just be putting the laundry away or just be getting ready for date night. It feels like I'm killing two birds with one stone. And what's kind of interesting as you kind of start to put your life in alignment more and more, um, it's kind of like alignment begets alignment. And so as I would start to be like, okay, what's one way that I can put myself in alignment today? And I was like, okay, well, when I go to the gym, I can jump on the treadmill or the Stairmaster or, you know, some kind of equipment where I can work out and get some cardio and I can listen to something or watch something at the same time. Okay, I'll do that. And so what happened was I started to do that. And after I started to do that, I started to ask myself, where else can I be in alignment? And I started to catch myself in situations where I hadn't previously been in alignment because it had just never occurred to me because I was doing it on autopilot. So a perfect example would be that Beckett goes to bed around seven o'clock every night. So around seven o'clock every night, Amy's the one who takes him upstairs and starts his bedtime routine. Usually right around that time, I would start working on the dishes and cleaning up the kitchen and cleaning up some of the toys and cleaning up the house. And that would usually take maybe like 15 or 20 minutes. And I would just automatically kind of instinctively on autopilot start doing all that stuff. And one day I stopped myself and went, wait a second, you're this guy who knows about alignment. (laughs) And there's been silence in the house for 15 minutes while you've been doing this stuff. Why don't you grab your phone, grab a podcast, put something educational on and listen to it while you move around the house. And so when I started to do that, all of a sudden I was getting this like 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes of extra educational content for myself while I was doing something that I was already going to do, had to do anyways, and didn't have to think about. And when you start to do the math on like, what if I just listened to like a 15 minute, 15 minutes or 30 minutes of a podcast or something educational every night while I'm cleaning up the house? And I just took those 30 minutes and I multiplied that times all the days rest that are left in my life. That is a lot of extra time that all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into myself and I'm getting to learn and make myself a better person. And so I would just encourage you on something like that too. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money. And it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. One of my favorite anecdotes from 168 Hours, which I think we're going to link in the show notes. So anyone that wants to get a copy, do it. It's so good. But one of the um, anecdotes she talks about in the book is this uh, powerhouse woman named Teresa Daytner who runs... Power. That sounds like something Beckett would say. Um, when I was when I was a little boy, I had my my Greek grandfather, um, he loved the word power, and so every time he would see one of his Greek grandsons, <laughs> he would look at us and he would just say, "Hey there, power." <laughs> 
<laughs> there wasn't a self-esteem issue in the Demos house. No. <laughs> um, but Teresa ran, uh, runs a seven-figure business, and she also is a mom of six kids. So like right away, I'm admiring her for being able to do all of that. And Laura talks about in the book that she really believes that as working parents, one of our greatest jobs is to focus in on our kids to nourishing their minds and their souls. We'll say that again. That one of the greatest responsibilities of working parents is to nourish our kids' minds and their souls. That those are our two most important jobs. And so she would use, she used Teresa Daytner as a wonderful example of this, of using her time really strategically to be focused on nourishing our kids' minds and souls. So because she had six kids, she was dropping different kids off at different schools. And her two youngest twin, uh, I think they were twin boys, maybe like eight years old, and they were the last ones to go to school each morning. So there was like a 15 minute lag period between when the next one went off to school and when these last two went off to school. And so she would actually climb in the backseat of her car and and she kept a couple copies of Hardy Boys in the back seat. And she would read Hardy Boys with her boys for 15 minutes every morning when she could have just been sitting in the pickup line, like scrolling her phone or, you know, had the radio, a radio show turned on or something. But instead, she made that 15 minutes count and make it intentional. And she gives so many examples of this throughout the book. And it really helped us start to think like, in what areas could we be finding little pockets of time where we could be doing something really intentional that would be nourishing the minds and mind or soul of our baby? Yeah, I heard a quote one time, I think it was from Dave Ramsey. And he said, you know, something to the effect of we need to stop letting life happen to us and start happening to life in the areas that we have control. And in that example of those 15 minutes, that's something that no matter what else was happening in your day or in your life, those are 15 minutes that you have control. And those are 15 minutes that we have control. So now, you know, if we're out as a family, I've been super inspired by this story and actually keep some of Beckett's books in the back seat. So if we're out running errands and um, Jordan needs to like stop for gas or something, or he's running in to pick up the takeout, or he's running into the store for, you know, something quick at the store, um, it would be so easy for me to sit in the front seat and just scroll the gram. <laughs> but instead, I really try to put my phone down and climb into the back with Bex and read a book. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting is that, you know, as you start to get yourself more in alignment, one thing I just want to encourage you on is that Amy and I are not in alignment 100% of the time, all the time. No. We are human beings. <laughs> that would be exhausting. Yes. We are human <laughs> beings just like everybody else. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get selfish. Sometimes we just don't want to do it. And so sometimes when, you know, I'll give a perfect example is sometimes I've been alone with Beckett and he's in the backseat in his car seat and I've gone to get gas and Amy wasn't with us. And I would go to like fill the tank up and it probably takes five minutes to fill the tank up. Right. And so I would like, you know, put the nozzle in, start the gas. And sometimes I feel like I'm mature enough and have enough energy to go, hey, you got five minutes. Why don't you, you can't take him out of his car seat, but why don't you play peekaboo and just walk around the car and then pop up every once in a while and see if you can make him laugh because he hates sitting in the car, especially in Arizona where it's hot. It's like you turn the car off and all of a sudden it's super hot. You can't have the air conditioner running and he, I've left the car. So he's by himself. And so he's, you know, not as happy as he might normally be. And so I would just play peekaboo with him outside the car. And I look at that. Those are five minutes that I'm nourishing my son's soul, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm intentionally engaging with him and spending time with him. Now, to be totally honest with you, sometimes I start the gas and I scroll Instagram <laughs> because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human being, right? And so I, I think the, the goal here is not perfection <laughs> no. by any means. We are not perfect people at all. Far from it, specifically me. But the goal, <laughs> I think... That goes for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I think the goal is just continued improvement, right? Mm -hmm. and, and also just a recognition of like, okay, I'm currently in a moment where I could be in alignment. Am I going to choose to be in alignment or am I going to choose not to be in alignment? Because we really believe in living an intentional life. And I remember there was a time based on, uh, on 168 hours, the book, one of the examples that Laura Vanderkam gives is that while she was like reheating coffee in the microwave or reheating leftovers, she would try to do a 60 second plank in her kitchen because yeah. she figured if I just do 60 second plank, I can get more physically fit and I would just be standing here anyways. And so I remember walking one day into the <laughs> kitchen and seeing Amy doing a plank next to the microwave while her coffee was was reheating because we reheat our coffee 17 times a day around here. <laughs> and I was inspired by that. So I started doing push-ups when I was reheating <laughs> things. Now, do... Man, I need to get back to that. That me reminds too. me. It's been oh. quite a while since I've planked during a microwave oh, heat. We should so. probably start that. 
But the, the reality is, did we do, do we, do we do that every single time we turn on the microwave? No. Do we still do it sometimes? Yes. And we'll probably do it now after talking about it. Yeah, now every time you see us, you're going to say, hey, are you planking? But I think one of the cool things about that idea that Laura Vaynerkamp presents about nourishing our kids' minds and souls is it really helped us uh, reflect on, oh, I, like we should probably be doing that for our own minds and souls as adults. Who's in charge of nourishing my mind and my soul? Oh, I am. So I should probably be more intentional about finding pockets to nourish my own mind and soul. And that's where alignment really comes into play. So um, we might ask ourselves, uh, like, where in life are we like waiting or doing something that would only take one piece of our brain and then find ways to nourish our minds and souls? One of my favorite things to do and one of Jordan's favorite things to do is to find um, sermons from, you know, we have a home church here in Arizona that we go to and love um, every week. But we also love to hear from other teaching pastors throughout the country because there's so much great content out there. So we might find uh, a sermon to listen to midweek that's on a completely different topic than what we're studying at our own church. And it's just like one great way to nourish my soul midweek while I'm doing the laundry or um, getting ready for date night. And that kind of brings us to this idea of like there's alignment and then there's alignment plus. Right. <laughs> and so I think we can all find ways to be in alignment. So for me personally, the easiest way for me to find alignment, like I shared before, was jumping on the treadmill at the gym and watching the news while I was doing that. Right. I could watch the news and I could walk or run at the same time because I'm a news junkie and I love I love politics and government. I just think it's also fascinating. But I read a book a number of years ago called the four. I think it was the four hour work week yeah, Tim Ferriss, uh, by right? Tim Ferriss. Yeah. And Tim Ferriss talks about this idea that like TV shows and the news, that's like intellectual junk food <laughs> and things like, you know, tastes uh, good, but not necessarily yeah, great for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's the thing you want to reach for first, but really the thing, you know, you should save until the end. And it's something like a sermon for me, that might be like, so you think you can dance right. or something like that. I don't know. Oh. The bachelor. We don't watch the bachelor, no. but I know a lot of our friends do. And I sometimes I'm like, Ooh, should we get into that? I don't know. I don't Sorry, I digress. Continue. Um, <laughs> but but the idea being that like when I was at the gym, I was consuming junk food, figurative junk food while I was walking. And so one day I asked myself, wait a second, that's alignment. So I'm doing a good job there. But could I do the could I do alignment better? Could I get to alignment plus where I'm exercising my body in the same way, but now I'm nourishing my mind in an even better way by turning on an educational podcast, by watching a sermon from pastor we love somewhere in the country. And you know, what's crazy is that I don't always have the discipline to do it. Some days I listen to music at the gym. Some days I watch the news and I just consume the junk food. Some days I do nothing at all. And I just walk and I text. <laughs> but a lot of days I make a choice to nourish my mind while I'm nourishing my body. And what's been amazing is how that has dynamically changed our dinner conversations. I always mm -hmm. take Becca to the gym, to the nursery at the gym before we have dinner as a family. And when I used to come home on days when I would watch the news, Amy would say like, Hey, how was the gym? And I would say it was great. And she would say like, you know, anything noteworthy. And I would be like, yeah, the world is a disaster. Like it is all the time, <laughs> womp, right? Womp. Womp, because that is the world of cable news, right? The world is always a disaster <laughs> and there's always a scandal and something is always wrong. Um, and I tell people when the best antidote for that is just walk outside and say hi to your neighbor and you'll feel better about the world. But, um, when I would come home, having listened to something educational or something for us that was faith-based or spiritual, our dinner conversations were so much more rich. So much better. And it just really, really was a benefit for our marriage. And so this idea of being in alignment and being in alignment plus, I totally made that up. Um, but Laura, <laughs> you can have that if you want. Alignment was your idea. So you can also have alignment plus. Alignment plus. But it's, it can be so much better for your personal self, which is then better for, for your wife or your husband, your kids, your friends, and all the people around you. So when it comes to the takeaway for this episode, I think the most important thing for all of us to ask ourselves is what small changes can we make that will make a great impact? Um, so in what areas of my life am I waiting around? So maybe it's picking up uh, kids from school or soccer or dance. Is there something that we could be doing during that time? Or um, maybe you have like a standing physical therapy appointment um, and you know you're going to be in the waiting room for 10 to 15 
minutes once a week. Or maybe you just have parts of your life that you know are so autopilot. Dishes, laundry, doing your own hair and makeup, or um, working out, walking, running, Stairmaster, that there are parts of your life that are already going to be on autopilot. How can we make the most of the autopilot minutes and the waiting minutes so that we're nourishing either our own minds and souls or the minds and souls of our kids or our family or the people that we love? Yeah, one of the most successful businessmen that we know who's a friend of ours, he does something really interesting where he doesn't pick up the phone all the time and he doesn't text back all the time. But we know that his relationship with us and ours with him is really important because he does something really interesting. He makes phone calls from the car. And so what he does is almost every time he gets in the car, he picks up the phone and he calls somebody he loves that, you know, somebody he wants to connect with who he hasn't talked to in a little while. And what's funny is if we pick up with them, we talk while he's in the car. And almost as soon as he gets home, he goes, hey, I'm, I'm pulling in. I got to run. But I uh, just want to tell you, I love you. And, and we end the call. If we don't pick up, instead of just calling person after person after person after person until somebody does, he does something really interesting, which is he leaves a really long voicemail. Sometimes they, they're so long that he has to leave like a, voice, like a voice text, text you know, like, like a voice text, yeah, like voice messages, messages. Yeah, because via text. Yeah, yeah. Via text. And <laughs> And he'll leave us these long voice messages just saying like, hey, here's everything that's kind of like happening with me right now. Here's the update on our life. Here's how my wife is doing. Here's how the kids are. And then he leaves that message for us. And then we can do the same thing for him. And so what that does is it allows us to connect with people that we love and allows him to connect with people that he loves even if they're not available at the same time that he's available because he believes so strongly in being in alignment. So that's really our takeaway for today is continuing to ask yourself, where are those small changes that can have a really great impact? So maybe right now for you, it's taking out your phone, going into your settings and actively turning off all of those push notifications for each and every one of the apps in your phone. Or maybe it's every time you sit down at your computer this week while you're working, you turn on do not disturb on both your computer and your phone so that you can be focused and not distracted by notifications. And one thing I just want to jump in, Aim, is just encourage everyone. This is a muscle that takes time to strengthen. So have you ever been in a situation where like you you reach down because you think your phone vibrated, <laughs> but there was no phone in your pocket? That's like a real thing called yeah. like phantom, phantom <laughs> phone or phantom. I don't know what it's called, but it's phantom something. I like the word phantom. Um, but this is going to happen to you. As soon as you decide to sit down at your computer, the second that you decide to sit down at your computer and turn on turn off all your notifications, you're going to sit down to work and one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to sit down to start working and then something is actually going to need your attention, right? Like a kid is going to run in the room because they're bleeding or something is going to happen. Or what's more likely to happen is you're going to sit down at your computer to do work. And within a couple of minutes of doing work, you're going to naturally dart to your phone you're going to naturally reach for your phone because it's so instinctual. It's so habitual for, for all of us to reach for our phones that we don't even realize that we do it. And so it, what would be maybe helpful at the beginning is to set a timer for yourself and say, hey, like for the first for 15 minutes, I'm going to focus. Um, and then when the 15 minutes goes off, I'm going to give myself a quick break. I'm going to run and heat something up, do whatever, and then build that muscle because you may not be able to sit down and go, today I'm going to work four straight hours and I'm not going to let anything distract me. That might be for you a recipe for failure. I think it would have been a recipe for failure for us. So I would build up to that and strengthen that muscle over time. Sorry, go ahead, Amy. Yeah, I just think that's the, in general, if we can all just make habits of asking ourselves the question, like, could I be in alignment right now? Um, what's a small change I could make to make this block of time more effective, we're going to live lives that feel more fulfilled and more purposeful. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. <laughs> but seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.